All right. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. (laughs) No, it's not. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, great. I'm also good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) How are you, more importantly? Are you ready? I feel like this is always one-sided. Yeah, no No one ever asked me if I'm okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm ready. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. If you're watching the YouTube version, you can see that I am prepared. Okay, I have my laptop, I have my notebook. Was that shade? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You can see that I, singular, am prepared. But do you know what's funny is when I was downstairs thinking, I'm like, it's so annoying. Not annoying. I'm like um, impressed by the fact that you can read something and you absorb it like so fully that you can confidently like talk about it. I cannot do that. I'm not that person. Like I read so much information. Yeah. None of it is in my brain. It's all here. That's fair. <laughs> like, if I was, like, at dinner or something, I would not be able to, like, relay the information back. Whereas you're just like, so on this date at this time, um, <laughs> psilocybin. <laughs> but uh, I only absorb the things that, like, I think I find interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you find fucking, like, everything interesting. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't deny yourself this pat on the back, okay? You deserve it. All right, I'll take it. Uh, um, anyway, today we wanted to talk a little bit about, alter- and by a little bit I mean for an hour, um, about alternative medicine. And I want to preface this topic by saying that we are in no way endorsing the use of drugs. <laughs> but also like alternative medicine, but not in like a Gwyneth Paltrow kind of way. Yeah. Like in a like... I'm not like rubbing jade rocks on my vagina. Yeah. (laughs) But alternative medicine in like the strides that we've made towards things like marijuana, the research into um, like uh, magic mushrooms, but psilocybin specifically. It's weird that like all the articles that I read about it too, it's not calling it psilocybin. It's calling it magic Magic mushrooms. mushrooms. (laughs) Like it's like these adults being like, yeah, kids. Yeah. Magic mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to make it clear that, um, well, I'm certainly, and I'm assuming you're not either, uh, endorsing the use of drugs, especially um, because many of these drugs are still illegal, uh, considered class one drugs and stuff like that. And we don't have all of the information and the testing for like a long, a long enough period of time or like in the scale that the FDA needs to approve them and stuff like that. So this is honestly like we're just two girls with Google um, and an opinion. So <laughs> that's what we should have named this. Yeah. <laughs> two girls with Google and an opinion. <laughs> so, that sounds like the worst porno ever. <laughs> Two girls, one one Google. Yeah. <laughs> so please keep that in mind. This is all just from websites that we were Googling just because we were interested about it and we wanted to like have a conversation about it because I think that it is super interesting. Um, and as somebody who struggles with chronic pain, I actually had some people like questioning my chronic pain the other day. Well, as they do, it's like yeah. any any kind of invisible illness, right? Yeah, which is fair. Like I don't I don't really get offended. It's just more so interesting to me um, because the people in my life like accept my chronic pain for like what it is sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I was really interested by that. They were like, but really, is it every day? And I'm like, well, it's kind of what chronic is. Yeah. So um, but <laughs> with my chronic pain, um, I have really taken a stance against wanting to go on like narcotics, like opioids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, especially because of my addictive tendencies. <laughs> is that like the main reason for you? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. yeah, because um, when when I first like fractured my back, they didn't offer me anything because I was so young, obviously. Um, but as I've grown older, my doctors and stuff like that have, you know, had the conversation with me that going forward, that is what we're going to have to do is just talk about pain management. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am really scared because opio- opioids in general really scare me because like my voice is like shaking even like thinking about it. <laughs> opioids. <laughs> Um, ever since watching that, uh, there's this documentary right now on Netflix called The Pharmacist. Yeah. The Pharmacist? The Pharmacist. Yeah. Um, and it was wild. Like, that was such a wild, um, documentary. You guys should watch it if you haven't. Uh, but it's all about, like, the, like, opioid crisis. Yeah. Down in the States. Well, and, and specifically, um, yeah, the company, like, marketing it, even, uh, like, um, what is it? What was it? Oxy? Uh, yeah, Oxy. Oxy. Um, wh- whilst knowing that it has like obviously addictive properties. Um, and that is the thing is you do get like physically dependent on these medications. And that's what really scares me because my like mental addiction is already so strong. Yeah. To like almost everything. So <laughs> thinking about adding like a physical component to that is just like terrifying to me. So I really am um, trying my best to do what I can for my body to limit the time that I would ever have to be on some sort of pain medication like that and I'm not like putting down anyone who has to be on pain medication has made that choice um out of necessity especially because uh I've been in the type of pain where I have had to be on like morphine and stuff like that so I understand that there is absolutely like a necessity for it um my concern more so is like personally with like my my addictions yeah it doesn't (laughs) yeah it's it's not like I I wouldn't be able to do that so anyway um I thought that it would be cool to kind of like dive in to some of these like other things that are coming up and this topic kind of like started to spark when we were talking about marijuana yeah I'm curious actually like what your because obviously now like there's like more and more conversations around like marijuana magic mushrooms (laughs) um like ketamine like stuff like that for like mental health um but like what's your like knee-jerk reaction to that uh so I like I said in like one of the other episodes I grew up kind of like a prude almost oh really (laughs) yeah like I was I was super like which is so funny for anyone who knew me in my like late teens um (laughs) (laughs) but I grew up like very against drugs and like very like closed off from talking about like sex and stuff like that like I was really just like white picket fencing it um so when I and some of that still lives in me right like I I obviously like there's a version of me that I want to be and then the like it's fighting with the person that I was like growing up sort of thing yeah um so when I think about things like microdosing like psilocybin shrooms um my knee-jerk reaction is like yeah you know what I mean I'm like no like that's a fucking drug (laughs) yeah it's so funny because like I was thinking about that today um before I started researching it yeah, I left it to the last minute, guys. Um, before I started researching it, I was like, I've heard other people talk about it and like friends talk about it and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, you kooky bitch. Like, you know, like it's like my immediate reaction is like, that's like hippie shit, you right. know, like that's not like I need some science going in here, you know. Um, but when I started and, and my initial reaction as well was that like, I don't doubt that it works for other people, but like I wouldn't do that. Mm. Why though? right like why why is that it's literally just stigma that's that's mm-hmm. the only thing because like why is that you know less appropriate than me taking Wellbutrin for depression and when I started doing the research on it I was like well this is like first of all that sounds significantly cheaper more effective quicker like everything and it's like you don't have those like I mean I'm sure there are some side effects but like 
when you look up the side effects for like all of these medications for for whatever it may be so for me depression the side effects list is like gigantic Mm -hmm. like it's huge and like that's not you know a lot of those things aren't like rare cases that they have to mention legally it's like you probably this is happening yeah. yeah like yeah like like fucking gear up like it's and and I think that's the thing that's so funny is like it's just there could be things out there that are better for you but just that stigma around it immediately makes you want to be like no well that's what I was reading about um I don't know why I got so stuck on shrooms man I was like I found so it super interesting too <laughs> yeah. yeah um but that's what I was reading about it is that it's kind of like the outcast of like this Mm. kind of like study um like the study of conventionally like recreational drugs turning them into like um for medical why am I stuttering so much for medical purposes um is is that it's it's the outcast because we think of it as like the shrooms of the 60s I think is what it said um and when I was reading about psilocybin and like all because I'm a person who needs science as well yeah like even if I'm in like a minor argument I'm like, well, where's your fucking research? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. Just Do you gonna... have any uh, peer reviewed? <laughs> like, it's like... Well, I'm not just gonna agree with you be, to agree with you. Like, if you have some like fact behind it, then I'll change my opinion. But until then, where's your peer reviewed article, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> but um, when I was reading about the science of it, I was like, they're making some good like, and not that I know enough about science to know if it's real. But like, obviously, the websites that we choose to like research are pretty like i have like harvard.edu the inquiry like that the inquiry uh in touch magazine (laughs) yeah yeah the inquirer isn't that what it's called inquirer yeah inquirer um wikipedia actually wikipedia is a good source for like information it's just like they hated on it in schools it can be but anybody can change it that's the problem that is the problem yeah Yeah. but anyway we didn't i didn't pull anything from wikipedia so there you go um but anyway my my personal like research started with marijuana but where do you kind of want to start on this we can start with marijuana. I was researching more about shrooms just because, like, I, like, tried marijuana and it didn't work. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah bullshit. <laughs> well, and, and that was the thing for me, too, when, like, I I smoked weed a couple times in high Ew. school. <laughs> hey, oh, mom. Just kidding. She's, like, the least worried about that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um and She's like, I hope it's weed. I hope it's weed that you're doing. <laughs> Just like, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but it didn't, um, I didn't like it, quite frankly, mm. which is like so funny because that, like the other shit that I did, like you would think, but anyway. Like recreationally, you never enjoyed it. No. Yeah, I mostly did it because we had like one friend who like wanted me to be like a like smoke smoking buddy, and so I like did it a few times, and then I was like, Ugh, I just don't like this. Um, but I do distinctly remember this one time I was having a really bad problem with my back, and it wasn't related to the fracture that I have mm. had continue to live with. Um, it was I was like growing this like lipoma, which I still have, and we're in the process of like trying to get removed. Um, the long sorted. <laughs> we'll have a podcast episode just about me trying to get rid of this fucking no thing. No kidding, dude. Um, but this was when it like first showed up and that was when it was the most painful and I was like struggling so hard with it that I couldn't even like sit like I couldn't sit I couldn't stand I like when I was laying it was just like so painful and the guy that I was seeing at the time was like why don't you just try this like why don't you try like smoking weed and he was a little bit like more on the other side of like let's just do drugs to make everything feel just hit better. the blunt babe yeah <laughs> so I was really like against it. I was like shut up like I'm just gonna take an Advil but like literally all of my efforts were like for not like taking baths and like stuff like that it just was not helping and so I did end up doing that and what I found was that 
more so because what I was reading it says that it lessens the pain and in my experience what it was was that it took my mind away from the pain Mm. that's what I found it wasn't like the pain was gone it was that I was like so not like out of my mind I was still like able to function but it was almost like it was just in the background Mm. sort of thing like so dull Um, and I found that really interesting because a pain that is so strong you would think that it would like overpower that sort of like psychedelic effect because THC is what gives you that like high um and I'm like I know so much about weed <laughs> it's like the, the main thing that everybody smokes knows. weed one time yeah exactly <laughs> um but I did find that that it like put that on the back burner I could still feel it but it wasn't like taking up the entirety of my like being mm. um and so that was really helpful but again like I don't like being high on weed yeah. <laughs> so so I only did it that one time for the pain and um when I when weed was when marijuana sorry was cannabis was legalized <laughs> in Canada um and like these dispensaries started popping up and stuff like that it took me about a year to try it again for my back pain and I didn't want to try like THC anything with THC in it because it really gives me like this like not paranoia but like existential crisis mm. where I'm like what what is beyond the earth and like what happens to us when we die is it is it eternal boredom like some weird like I don't want to go there shit you're just like staring at the ceiling alone like what is my life yeah dude it's bad I don't like it it's like a bad time for Alyssa um so I did try CBD and what was interesting was it didn't actually help my pain at all mm-hmm. I didn't feel I feel like it helped me fall asleep um, which is interesting because I didn't really find that in the research that it was like, will help you sleep. Um, I've heard that though from other people as well, that they take it to help sleep. Yeah. CBD, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, from what I read, it was saying like THC helps you do that, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, it did help me sleep. And then the next day when I woke up, I had this interview with an agent in which I would have been like way too anxious to like talk to them or like be myself and I went in there just like literally as myself and so I do find that it helped my anxiety quite a bit well and I'm also curious now just like hearing you say that like in like perfect succession like that um I'm curious if just you getting enough sleep was Mm. the main thing that helped your anxiety because like like when we're talking about all of these things like you saying that it, it didn't really take the pain away but it made you like not think about it like that is the issue with so many of these things like it's your mind that's like destroying you like your mm-hmm. body can like withstand so much but if your mind isn't there and you're not able to like cope with it mentally that can be like such a killer and then you know if you're not sleeping well then you're obviously not like at your like max mental capacity due to sleep like when you I took I took psychology for two years um (laughs) in college um but when we did our unit on sleep it is wild how much sleep affects our well-being yeah and I didn't research it for this so I can't really go into it but like well and stress yeah like it's it's crazy how much those things drive like other issues like ailments yeah um but why what about you with the because when I was reading up on this today I was like oh but maybe she could just try it again but I know that you did like you did your due diligence with the marijuana yeah so do you want to talk about that um yeah so I basically I was kind of just like at the end of my rope I was feeling really frustrated um and I for the longest time like I've been against going back on medication I just really didn't want to it was like again kind of like a stigma thing but also I don't like having to put things in my body if I don't have to. You know what I mean? Um, 
but uh, a friend of mine had continually said that like you know like like weed helps her so much and she uses this for that and like whatever like she had like she uses everything like all kinds of different shit for whatever she needs um, like in the cannabis like yeah like house. like tinctures and like right. balms and like like across the board like everything <clears throat> that was bomb not bong <laughs> bombs yeah um i'm sure she's hitting the bong too but <laughs> i'm talking about creams i'm talking about body creams um but uh yeah she she had like recommended it a few times and she was like i you know like like what's a harm basically yeah like this isn't like just just try a little bit of heroin it will probably you know it's like this is so different like it's yeah. so i mean drugs are drugs but yeah um, but, uh, I was just like, ugh, you know, okay, fine, whatever. And this was actually before it was legalized, but Vancouver had, um, had dispensaries downtown forever. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was decriminalized, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so anyways, I went in there and I talked to them about it. I felt like such a fucking dweeb going in there. I was like, hello, uh, I would like to try some weed. <laughs> Do you have anyone who could help me? Did you go in by yourself? I think so. Yeah. I made you come with me the first time because I was uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it is uncomfortable. Well, and especially because like, I mean, maybe this is just like more like me as an outsider, but it does feel like there's like this really like pretentious like air around people who are like super into like cannabis, like as like a lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I was like, oh my God, they're gonna think I'm so dumb, but they were so nice. <laughs> and the first person was like, well, just try like a vape pen with CBD and like see how that goes, whatever kind of thing. Um, nothing like literally like not I experienced nothing other than like it was fun to like puff on this little thing um and then I recently was thinking about the fact that like I had that in my car um and I had just kind of forgotten about it because like I wasn't really using it that often Mm -hmm. um and uh I like drove back and forth across the border with that thing in my car that gives me anxiety currently I know I know and I was like I was like holy fuck like I could have gotten in so much trouble for that like and it and it's nothing like that's the thing that's so funny is like it's not like I'm like like smuggling drugs into a different country but like that is how it's viewed that is what you're doing exactly like by the book that's exactly what I'm doing you fucking Um, drug smuggler I know I can't believe it dude I'm really living a life of crime and I didn't even know it was under my nose I didn't realize um but uh yeah it did nothing for me and then I went into a different dispensary that was a lot classier it was like a it was like a very gentrified like they had like wood like fixtures oh, was it at that expensive one that we went to no fuck that place that yeah, place is ridiculous that that's a whole other level that's like <laughs> there's this place downtown that is um it's like a weed boutique it is <laughs> like, it's ridiculous my cbd pills were like a hundred dollars for like 15 i was like yeah and you have to you have like to order it through an ipad like it's <laughs> not like people will help you you have to like go onto an ipad and like complete your order in store and then line up in this queue and then they like deliver you your like hand packaged yeah so weird fucking Um, designer cbd (laughs) yeah it wasn't quite that bougie but uh i went into another place and i i told him i was like i tried the cbd pen it didn't really do anything blah blah blah. and he was like honestly like and who knows like i don't know if this guy's research is sound or not but he was like it's not going to do much without thc so Mm. he was like you at least at least kind of want to do like a one-to-one for depression yeah yeah yeah, for depression specifically um and so then I got a different type of vape pen from him that did have THC. And at first I was like against that because I was like, I really don't want to get high. Like that's yeah. not my like, I just don't like the idea of it even. Like obviously I'm not like a drug doer. So yeah. 
and it's never been something that I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Um, so, but I, I tried that every night for like a month and nothing, nothing, like literally nothing. Um, and, uh, I was like Googling like how to smoke (laughs) because I'm like, am I just doing this wrong? And like, Matt was like watching me smoke and shit. I'm like, I feel like I'm like a 12 year old. Was that embarrassing? Yes, of course it was. I literally was like away from him. And he was like, just, I was like, no, stop. This is like so patronizing. And he was like, he was like, just like, just let me watch you. I'm like, this is so weird, Matt. Like, I don't want to just like smoke in front of you. And I was like calling a friend of mine who uses and. Uses. uses. <laughs> <laughs> I was calling a friend of mine who um, like uses it for like medicinal purposes as well, and she was like, "Just let's just let's just smoke over Facetime. It's okay." And I was like, "This is the fucking. I'm 26. What's wrong with me?" Like, did you I guys can't... smoke smoke the Mary Jane over Facetime? No. Together? Oh my god. I was like, huh. "Give me a fucking break, dude." I'm like, "I'm already smoking in front of my husband." Like some fucking. Oh my god. It was so stupid. Um, but I was like, I was like like is this normal like do people not get high am I breathing it in wrong am I doing something wrong whatever kind of thing um and uh yeah nothing happened <laughs> nothing Still, came of that ultimately yeah you never got high no I do but, but not but not even that it it wasn't just like not getting high because I wouldn't have actually cared about that that would have been great yeah no like change in my mood in my demeanor at all right. any in any way Um, I don't know if you want me to tell this story, um, so you can cut it out if you want, but I remember in high school, the first time you smoked weed, I remember you telling me you didn't get high. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, okay, well, she probably just was like not like breathing in or like whatever. Well, yeah, but what a lot of people say as well is that you don't get high the first time usually and like the second time you will. And then so I was like reading about it because I'm a dweeb, (laughs) like trying to like learn about it and stuff like that when I was using it, trying to use it medicinally. Um, and there were some people that were like, yeah, you might not get high until like your fourth time or your sixth time or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like what? Jesus Christ. Like this is so brutal. Um, but like nothing ever came of it. And I don't enjoy smoking. Yeah. Like that shit fucks up my lungs. Like I don't like the feeling of it. I don't like find it fun. You're not a substance user. I'm really not. I just, I'm not down with it. Well, and I, what did I send you the other day? I was in the bath and I was just like researching whatever I was researching. Can't remember. Um, and it was like one in however many people don't get, it was it don't get high or don't get addicted. I can't remember. And I was like, I feel like you just don't have this gene. Well, it can be both because like when it comes to like genetics surrounding drugs, I think we might've talked about this on the podcast at one point, but there's like certain people that have genes that, um, make certain drugs like less pleasurable to them um, or they might be more um, susceptible to addiction like twice as susceptible to addiction with a certain drug (laughs) every drug no I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, and then there's also sometimes genes that like end up canceling each other out like um, like it may be like like something's like half as pleasurable to you but you're also like twice as likely to get addicted but they end up kind of like canceling each other out oh weird um Yeah, so there's, like, all types of, which, like, that's super, super interesting to me because it really, like, there's such a stigma around, like, drug use and and addiction and stuff like that, Um, but, like, I feel comfortable saying that, like, a lot of that ends up being things that are, like, out of your control. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just actually your genetics. Like, that's what's going on inside your body. Well, and that's what I was going to say about um, 
like being happy that there's research and like studies surrounding that because then it takes away um some of the argument that like addiction is a choice (laughs) you know what I mean and it's like that's a whole other topic that I like obviously have opinion on and stuff like that um and that people like it's a obviously very like debated topic yeah um (laughs) but yeah I do I do like that there's things that we can like hang on to to be like okay but genetics Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know what I mean like there's something tangible to be like okay regardless of your opinion about it like because I think that's the difference is like people mistake like your experience with like an actual fact like it's like you might think that like you might think that because you don't experience what addiction feels like Mm. but and like that's like for me even trying to relate to Matt when we first started talking about like his addiction and stuff it was really hard for me because I'm like how do you just not think about it like how do you just do it like that makes no sense to me because my brain doesn't function that way so it's like if I was just to take that as fact like that across the board everyone experiences things the way that I do then yeah of course I'd be like hell-bent on that opinion right but it's like it's not that's not reality yeah yeah um so anyways marijuana I like I did nothing for you yeah well let me talk about it from um a drugabuse.gov type of way (laughs) awesome that's my favorite way (laughs) do you know what I was actually really surprised because I feel like for a long time like and I don't know where this feeling is coming from because I don't think I researched it but um the government was like really against um like these sorts of like drugs for medical use Mm. um but maybe that's just like my interpretation of it but this website was actually like really unbiased I felt interesting like this article on this website so um like the FDA has not I don't know when this article is from actually but (laughs) it says that the FDA has not approved it as medicine um because it requires like hundreds of thousands of subjects to determine like the benefits versus like the risks of it to be used in medicine um but they did like outline that the marijuana plant like has more than yeah more than 100 cannabinoids and like that's what is like doing shit to you um and your body actually already naturally has cannabinoids yeah um and some of them are extremely like powerful and it said that it has led to health health, um serious health effects when misused but it didn't outline the serious health effects yeah so i'm interested to like learn about what those are because from my like just like living in society sort of thing like other than like obviously your lungs (laughs) like that kind of shit and like motivation um i would just be curious like as to like what those those health effects are mm. other than like breathing fucking smoke into your lungs which is just never good <laughs> um but yeah it was saying that the cannabinoids that our body produces uh play a role in regulating pleasure memory and thinking interesting the regulating pleasure for me was really interesting because um like this is just from me not a scientist but like if your body isn't producing enough of those cannabinoids to like regulate pleasure like that could then to me like be a part of depression Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. That's what's really interesting to me. Um, memory and thinking, which, I mean, it's like a, a, like, trope or whatever that people who, like, use marijuana are, like, not good with memory and Forgetful, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Concentration, body movement, appetite, which is a huge one, especially for um, cancer patients. Um, yeah. And I feel, like, confident, like, talking about that because, like, obviously my dad was a cancer patient. Um, and he did use marijuana like right in the well I mean my my dad liked the raver like (laughs) I don't think that that was really a secret um but he used it like medicinally in the end um and it did help his appetite actually and I did find that when he was using it he was like a lot more calm Mm. um with kind of his 
like own mortality do you know what I mean because like the knowing that your life is going to end like the psychological effect that that has on someone do you know what I mean like that's how do you even come to terms with that well and just like you said earlier it's like it doesn't like take away the facts and the pain but it's like it does take away the like panic almost yeah it was it was really like um and I mean of it's so hard to talk about this because like I'm I'm I when I talk about it like this I have to remove myself from the emotion of it because I'm just trying to like talk about like the facts of it so don't get it misconstrued but when I say it's interesting but it was really interesting to watch how marijuana like affected his mood yeah and like his appetite and his ability to like do things sort of um and when he was using it he wasn't able to really do anything for himself but just even seeing him like smile and like laugh once in a while was like it was like really uplifting and so I kind of like I'm an I don't know am I an advocate I don't know I guess I just became one yeah (laughs) like thinking back to it because like if especially in end of life situations what what harm (laughs) yeah exactly I I believe my aunt actually was using as using um like it medicinally as well for like appetite and stuff like that because she had cancer I'm pretty sure she ended up using it as well yeah yeah Um, Just a brief moment to thank our sponsors because this episode is probably going to get demonetized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Thank you to Embark for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Sam, how is your DNA, uh, dog DNA kit going? Alyssa, I'm waiting. Okay. On my responses. Um, They've been sending me like updates and every time I get an update, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And then it's like, (laughs) not it. They're like, we're finished with this part of it. And like, we received your sample and whatever. Like they're sending you updates of what they're doing kind of like along the way. That's cool that they like keep you like informed in, in the, the process. Loop, yeah. Um, and it's kind of nice because um, you like you aren't like just did they get it? Right. <laughs> like like did, was it received in the mail? Like do I have to do this again? Whatever. But um, yeah, they like update you like along the way as to like what's going on and what they're doing with the sample at that time. Yeah, I saw one because they send it to like our shared email. Mm-hmm. And I saw one that was like your dog's genome test is done or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, they really go in. <laughs> yeah, the genotyping or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was funny because I was like on a YouTube live the other day and one of my subscribers was like, what's happening with Keith? Kuma's DNA like what happened with the embark test and I'm like I know dude I'm like I'm waiting um so I have I don't have it yet okay but by the next ad we should have it and I'll update everyone and it's gonna be majestic the reveal yeah truly oh that's so exciting I'm so excited for Kuma dog because like we don't really know like 100% what she is no she's like a real mutt yeah and people always ask her like when we're at the dog park and well they don't ask her but they ask like kuma what what (laughs) What are you what are you they're like what is she because sometimes like i'll take them as well um and i'll be like um uh what isn't she you know (laughs) she's um healthy (laughs) she's something she's got a good demeanor yeah (laughs) she's a sweetie pants So Embark is a dog DNA and health kit. Um, It detects over 250 breeds and it also screens for 170 plus genetic health conditions so you can know how to care for your dog. And also every dog that's tested through Embark um, contributes to their research into um, discovering and treating new genetic diseases in dogs, which is the coolest part. That's so innovative, man. Yeah. That's so cool. It's like a DNA bank. 
It is. So if you guys want to contribute to the DNA bank and figure out how to care for your pup the best, uh, you can go to EmbarkVet.com now. They have an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else uh, and use code APPROACHABLE to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. That is EmbarkVet.com and you can use the promo code APPROACHABLE to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Thanks so much again, Embark. Another huge thank you to today's other sponsor, which is Glossier. Dude, I freaking love Glossier's stores, just as a side note. Okay, have you been to the one in California? Yeah, we went together. Oh, right. The one that looks like Antelope Canyon? Yeah, it's mm. unreal in there, man. It's so beautiful. That's like my like preferred aesthetic. <laughs> I've been using the... Um, the milky jelly cleanser i was using this other product for a while and i thought that it was going to help my skin and then it wasn't helping my skin and i wanted to like kind of stay on the same wavelength of like something that would help because i have like such sensitive skin and you know that like i'm struggling with acne a little bit um and i really like it because i feel like it actually takes off my makeup do you know what i mean like like other cleansers i do feel like it's I don't know like the other day this is like going off on a tangent but the other day I was in the bath and I had already washed my face with like a different cleanser and then I my face was just like itchy so like I rubbed it on my like towel and all of my makeup came off on the towel and I was like what the fuck it makes me like angry when I'm like cleansing my skin and it's like like makeup still coming off like yeah afterwards yeah yeah so I I really like the milky jelly cleanser for that it washes away excess oil dirt and makeup it's gentle on your eyes it's great for all skin types um and honestly I just freaking like I really like Glossier's aesthetic (laughs) their packaging yeah I I know like across the board so nice milky jelly cleanser is also um dermatologist tested it's hypoallergenic non-irritating cruelty and paraben free so if you guys want the milky jelly cleanser or other products you can go to glossier.com slash podcast slash approachable and new customers will get 10% off your first order that's glossier.com spelled g-l-o-s-s-i-e-r.com slash podcast slash approachable for 10% off your first order certain exclusions apply glossier.com slash podcast slash approachable oh wow thank you so much glossier I think that's the thing is like it's it's clear to see that it is helping people like I don't think that's like all in people's minds by any means and I think that like regardless regardless of whether or not something helps me I still see it helping other people so like I could try another medication for depression and like have the worst reaction to it and then someone else is like that drug like saved my life you know um and I think it's it's it is literally the exact same thing but it's it's just funny how much of a Well, and I think that it is because of stigma. Mm -hmm. And it is, like, I feel the same way. I don't like putting things in my body. And more as I'm growing older, (laughs) it's it's just so funny because, like, people who listen to this that knew me before. (laughs) um, But as I grow older and kind of, like, get to know myself better, um, I do want to only put in my body like what fucking comes from the earth dude I can't believe I'm this person but even when people are talking about like supplements and stuff like that like supplementing your greens Mm -hmm. um like with a powder and stuff like in my mind I'm like but I want to be able to consume that in a more natural way where I'm like chewing the leaves and stuff like that like instead of it being in a powder and that's such like a like different thing but um there is actually a difference between chewing greens and uh having them in like blended form it, I do like, changes I remember you telling me that from your it changes what sorry it um so like when you chew it like it releases nitrogen and stuff like that and I can't remember what exactly that does with like the digestion process or the 
um like your body being able to absorb those minerals and nutrients differently but it it I'm pretty sure that that was correlated. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of like good solid facts here for you, but you, I do know that it's different. <laughs> you did when when you were like learning it though. Yeah. I remember like Yeah. I learned that day. Um <laughs> but even with like vitamins and stuff and and I'm not talking about people who have like severe deficiencies that like obviously yeah. need to supplement with a vitamin. Um and like iron is a huge one like that. Like I had to take iron when I was in high school. Well, almost like people preemptively supplementing. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's um and it's, it's funny because, like, that is just kind of, like, us as a society, you know? Mm. It's like, well, why would I do that when I can just, like, take a pill for it? Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, there's a huge difference, obviously, between people who are, like, anemic and iron right, deficient and right, whatever, yeah. and they don't have, like, it's it's not going to change no matter how much, like, spinach you're eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, like, people that are kind of preemptively doing, doing that. And also, um, we learned a lot about supplements, too, in that uh, nutrition course, but they talked about how, like some supplements aren't actually beneficial if they're not coupled with other things. Right. So like with iron specifically, I'm not sure about supplementation, but I know like through like eating, um, like iron is like better absorbed if it's also with like alongside vitamin C. Hmm. So like it's not as effective if you're not also implementing vitamin C, but it's sort of like people just like, um, it's like, it's like this one like they they narrow in on this one thing like iron is important okay iron is what is important and then that's like all encompassing like they think that that's going to solve all their problems but it's like no like iron in conjunction with this and like also having healthy levels of this thing and this thing and this thing it's like it's all (laughs) important thinking about our bodies and how they actually stay functioning fuck me it's like a domino effect of shit like damn it's crazy that reminded me of like the forest thing about how they were only planting one type oh, of yeah, yeah. tree and then the trees couldn't talk to each other and yeah that's but, from season one. <laughs> oh yeah because we, we explained that didn't we yeah yeah, yeah okay. i think so yeah season two or whatever um if we didn't explain it i'm so sorry <laughs> now you guys don't get to know how trees talk to each other um <clears throat> and just to like round off this talk about marijuana um there have been recent animal studies that uh show that marijuana extracts may help kill certain cancer cells i thought that this was like a like rumor mm. that this was happening but this is like from like a dot gov website mm-hmm. um and it said that it was it was showing that it can kill certain cancer cells and i think that they were talking about a certain type of brain tumor um but that it can also reduce the size of other cancer cells uh excuse me that's fucking crazy dude <laughs> that's wild that this is like really a thing and i might be like super naive sorry my apple watch is like buzzing like fucking crazy um no we're good i might be like super naive and like thinking that that was a rumor i don't know why i thought that but um apparently it has fucking merit um and they're also conducting preclinical trials to treat symptoms of other illnesses and conditions such as like multiple sclerosis sclerosis sorry and hiv aids interesting so what are like the main um like benefits of like using marijuana medicinally well beyond cancer destruction um well cancer destruction would be a fucking huge one (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's a stretch but i mean is it i don't know i think that they need to like put more into this like isn't is cancer not like the leading cause of death right now i don't actually i think it might actually be um like heart heart disease oh heart disease yeah um Anyway, regardless, I feel like there needs to be like a, I feel like people are like, oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, it killed my dad. So carry on. (laughs) I'm biased. (laughs) Um, Pretty sure that's the fucking leading cause of death. In my family. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Well, I mean, 
all the things that I outlined, like appetite, um, the possibility for it to help depression, pain, inflammation was another one it was supposed to help. Mm. Um, uh, what else? Uh, was anxiety like specifically on there as depression, well? Depression. Yeah, it had depression slash anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it would seem that there's like... It's funny how often that's coupled. I know because they're like... I, I wonder, it must be like a very similar function of the brain that's yeah. causing both things because it always is coupled almost. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because like you have depression but not anxiety. I have anxiety but not depression. <laughs> and they're so different. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, completely different. Um, anyway, I was really interested in that because I don't think that I was really like a, like a cannabis belie- Hi, baby girl. Kuma just like really infiltrated the podcast just now. <laughs> Yeah, it's very sweet. I don't think that I was like a cannabis believer like even a couple years ago, but as like things start to develop and as the science grows, I'm kind of being like, okay, so like really what is the difference? Because all of these pills that we have in the pharmacy had to have started somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why can't, I mean, if there were dangers with these other types of drugs, then of course, yeah, for sure. But like, why not research it? Yeah. Like, why not discover that and try to move forward with it like why is there this stigma specifically around these drugs like is it because you've criminalized it and now you don't want to decriminalize it or like we've created this thing where it's like well this is bad so we're not even gonna like um like humor yeah it being okay now but that's the thing that's so funny because like when you look at like the effect of like oxys right how in god's name is that like more medically sound than something like marijuana you know what I mean like it's just yeah it's wild well and not even like medically like for me not medically sound because like there it's it is true that it is a powerful painkiller yeah like it's um like it's it's so powerful like of course you're going to feel um the effects of that but more so like how is it more worthy (laughs) yeah like like more yeah like what I was meaning yeah yeah. like um like like, how is the government viewing that as being appropriate for yeah. whatever yeah. you're using it for versus, like, marijuana being entirely inappropriate? Right. Well, and it, I think even still, sorry to, like, I feel like I'm dragging this on so much, but it's interesting to, like, grow up right now where there is at least, like, I do feel like it would be pretty hard to get your hands on that from a doctor in my experience. Like, I haven't tried, but I know that, like, there's pharmacies that say they don't keep them on hand doctors won't prescribe them unless they're your like primary care sorry with oxys yeah yeah um like your primary caregiver and stuff like that but i mean from watching the pharmacist and and hearing about like opioids even like 10 or 20 years ago how long was it not that fucking long ago yeah well because i mean when matt was using it was still (laughs) like readily available yeah and that to me is so crazy that it was so readily available back then because I feel like with my age now I'm like oh there's no way I could just walk in and get a prescription for that no but back in the day I feel like that's how it was they yeah, were, they were handing like, oh, out right. like freaking free condoms yeah so I'm I'm thankful that there is some movement in that regard um because I mean I do agree that like that's the thing that was they like they created all these addicts because it is addictive and then obviously like the heroin industry started booming yeah um anyway that's a fucking another topic <laughs> gosh well then I was gonna say too like in in regards to marijuana and stuff like that I think that a lot of the stigma comes from just like blatant racism like I, I do think that that's where like that often stems from because like that's seen as like you know 
like this is like a black crime issue um and i think that there's you know it's it's unfortunate when you look into like how many black people are actually criminalized for that how many black people are in jail for that kind of thing um and then how many white people are using it and it's like totally fine and it's like this cool new hipster thing and it's like whatever like people don't have any issue with that i i think that a lot of that stigma does come from racism and i think that that is so like deeply embedded in our society that it's like it's it goes beyond just like studying and being like oh that actually is like not that bad for you and it it does help and whatever because it's like it's I think it's just coupled with all of these other issues that go into our society but that's a whole other topic as well yeah well I can't even like begin to talk about like the criminalization of people in regards to marijuana because it makes my fucking blood boil (laughs) because i just think it's so ridiculous and i do think that those um those numbers are skewed in a racial way Uh, absolutely yeah and it yeah well and and it's it's frustrating as well because now like it was so odd um we were at the movie theater the other day and two of the commercials that played before the movie were for um two different like marijuana companies and I was like, this is just so odd. Like, it's crazy that there's people sitting in our jails. Yeah. And we are sitting here now watching commercials for it because it's legalized and it's all gravy and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, but but that them being criminalized for this thing that now we're like, oh, no, it's fine now. It's like nothing's changing, though. Like, those people are still <clears throat> sitting in jail for like these petty, petty drug crimes. Yeah. It's so, Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that I think wraps up my feelings on medical marijuana. Hey, do you want me to tell you about shrooms? I would love to. I'm really okay. interested about shrooms. Um. Not that I'm like gonna do them. <laughs> it's like I'm interested in the science. I mean, you might. Um. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this out to you. Um. <clears throat> basically, in the this one study that they were doing, um, I think they had 400 people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's 400 people. Um, Within a week, people were seeing, like, uh, benefits in depression specifically. Um, And then this is one dose. One dose. And this lasted um, people, like, three to six months of, like, benefits. Um, And basically what it said is that – hold on, sorry. Um, They found that psilocybin may effectively reset the activity of key brain circuits known to play a role in depression – and so what they found was that um, psilocybin, psilocybin was enhancing responses to negative emotional stimuli, hmm. um, which seems like kind of like counterintuitive. But uh, it's like basically what they found was that um, that increased response was correlated with like improvement, like way bigger improvement in their depression um, because it like enhanced emotional responsiveness. And then... Um, like even though they were going through that experience of like these heightened negative emotions um it was like they found that it was like more effective in terms of like them having a greater willingness to accept all emotions they felt like previous depression treatments had worked to reinforce emotional avoidance and disconnection and i think Mm. that's interesting because when a lot of people talk about different types of um, depression medication one of the biggest things that i hear through like my research and talking to people is that they felt like numb Mm -hmm. like they're like I didn't feel happy but I felt like nothing which was better than feeling like shitty but it's like it's like what is that actually solving you know what I mean like that's not that is just still like kind of like almost like walking away from the problem so um okay so that I'm sorry to interrupt you but I just want to read this paragraph because the reason that that is is because it inhibits 
the receptor. That's what um, traditional like antidepressants do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, there's no way that I can condense this in a way that makes sense to me. So I'm just going to have to read it like, (laughs) give it to me verbatim. verbatim. Um, And so this is from psychologytoday.com. Who's the author of this? Because I am reading it verbatim. Gary L. Wink, PhD. Um, Is that the way that you cite things? If you're reading them verbatim? I don't want to be like That's how we're doing it here today. Okay. Um, so psilocybin is spontaneously converted into psilocin after ingestion, which is more lipid soluble and the actual psychoactive agent. Um, recent PET or PET evidence. I don't know if that's like a PET scan or what, but um, suggests that psilocin's psychoactive actions depend upon its ability to stimulate one specific serotonin receptor called 5-HT. T2A. Oh, yeah, I know it well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So to date, uh, psilocybin has demonstrated modest, although some authors claim promising results in clinical trials for the treatment of depression, addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder, and death anxiety. Um, So many different species of that mushroom uh, contain a range of tryptophan-derived beta-carable lines. Um, such as harmane and harmine that may also positively influence brain function. So they're saying like, why are those important uh, in the action of psilocybin mushrooms? Um, They're potent inhibitors of an enzyme called monamine oxidase, which is responsible for the inactivation of psilocin. So um, this produces a variety of natural products uh, via unique pathways that diverge from the same building block. Um, Da, 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 da. Uh, And it's saying that um, all these contribute directly or indirectly to the same pharmacological effects hmm. of, I'm assuming, the antidepressants. So it said, now that you know what's inside the fungus, would anyone expect that it would be useful in treatment of depression? In fact, no one would have ever expected that a 5-HT2A agonist like psilocybin um, could be useful for treating mental illness. Um, and then it says, to understand why that is true, it's necessary to appreciate the role of 5-HT2A receptors in the brain. For example, abnormalities in the structure and functions of that receptor of those receptors may underlie the presence of schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, and drug addiction. So these conditions are treated by drugs that block the 5-HT2A receptors. So, and then it says, let me emphasize that point. Drugs that treat depression and anxiety act exactly opposite. So, um... It's saying maybe the benefits of the psilocybin mushroom are due to the actions of the beta carbolines. Um, so humane and uh, harmaline, this is so hard to read as a non-scientist, um, produced an antidepressant-like effect in a recent animal stru- uh, study. Drugs that block monomanine oxidase have been used for many decades to, to, to treat major depressive episodes when other medicines have failed, um, but they're not widely prescribed today. So that would have been like similar to what psilocybin's doing, um, but they're not widely prescribed today because apparently they have like a nasty um, side effect with the benign name, the cheese effect. So if a person taking a beta carboline or any monamine oxidase inhibitor um, consumes food that contain the uh, amino acid tyramine, which is found in beer, cheese, and wines, their blood pressure can increase dramatically, leading to hypertensive crisis, stroke, and death. Perfect. Yeah. Um, So they said that our knowledge of the complex actions of the contents of the psilocybin mushroom in the brain um, may one day lead to improved therapies for depression. However, they're not there yet. Uh, almost certainly those individuals with depression who do not benefit from standard antidepressant therapies may find benefit in using extracts of this mushroom as long as they can manage the risks of the cheese effect. So 
to me, what's that saying? Even if you want to cut that out, because that was so boring, like maybe to a lot of people. Um, to me, what that's saying is like the antidepressants are like inhibiting that, which would make sense that you're now inhibiting the ability to like feel like any feeling almost um, instead of like, yeah, like just inhi- inhibiting the so like you're inhibiting the like bad thing from getting to you instead of taking away the bad thing altogether yeah if that makes sense that's what that means to me well and so like with like this is saying like about um like that this like leads to like basically an emotional confrontation so rather than um you know like having something inhibiting you from feeling that or whatever um it's like you are experiencing it like old traumas and stuff like that um but they're saying that like it led to like emotional breakthrough and and resolution ultimately right um And, like, that's kind of what, like, every article that I've read about it, they're, like, it basically, like, shakes up your brain. Um, And that's uh, when Aaron, my brother, had had his brain injury. Um, That was what the doctor said to us is that they were, like, he he can do things it's just like his brain needs to figure out new pathways. So Mm -hmm. those old pathways, they don't work anymore. Like, picture them being, like, that's a dead end. And now it's like he has to just find his brain has to find different ways. And so to me, like that's kind of what this is sounding like um, it's able to do is like create new pathways that are like helpful and like also, you know, help break down pathways that were causing depression. But so what I thought was interesting about this was that um, they would take like in this study, they were taking one dose and experiencing positive side effects for like up to six months. Um, And then I was looking at ketamine in comparison. First of all, ketamine treatments, this is out of a clinic in Saskatchewan where no part of it is covered by the Saskatchewan healthcare. Hmm. Um, Individual treatments, one treatment is $475. Um, a full treatment course, which is six treatments over three weeks, is two thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars, um, and uh, it only lasts like six weeks. Mm. <laughs> like the effects, like the positive effects of um, ketamine was only lasting about six weeks. And uh, to me, I'm like, that's not like that's that's not a, certainly not cheaper than yeah. like traditional medication, um, and it doesn't seem to be that much more effective. Like having to go in for like that many like IV ketamine treatments. Right. For us anyway, because I don't know what yeah. the U.S. pays for their antidepressants and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, did you do any research on ketamine? Not a ton because like I kind of started reading about it and I was like, well, this sounds poo-poo. Yeah. Because ketamine is like a horse tranquilizer, no? I'm pretty sure that's what we always like called it. Yeah. Because I know that they were doing studies as well with MDMA and I feel like MDMA is like a more recognized thing in the community right now than, than ketamine than ketamine or um, even shrooms. It seemed like all of a sudden um, people were recommending it to me like crazy. Mm. Like I have like so many people in my DMs and like all my like YouTube lives and stuff like that being like, just try ketamine. And like when I first saw that, I was like, pardon me like I was like excuse me like but like I that seems a little outlandish like I don't think we're quite there yet where I'm jumping down the ketamine hole um but I mean it's a thing yeah but I, I think that that's like with all of these different um you know like alternative medicines so to speak but they, they don't even really feel that way when you like start researching them but with all of them it's like having like 
just enough of a good thing you know and it's it's the same thing with any other medication as well it's like if you're overdoing it then yeah obviously that's not going to be like a positive side effect but it's like doing this like micro dosing with these various um drugs is like it just seems to be benefiting people in massive ways well and the worry for me though is that people are doing this like on their own because it's not legal, regulated right yeah. and so if you take mdma off of the street you have no fucking idea what's in that because it i mean that's the thing is like mdma is to to say that it's like pure but like no mdma that you're gonna find on the street is pure it could be laced with literally anything you yeah. have no idea um and so that's kind of what's concerning to me is that you know these people who are like really at their wits end and like there's they're just like reaching out to anything they can't reach out in a safe way if they do want to try this and so it would be really cool I think if the medical community could put more like funding or like research or whatever um into new treatments if if they're out there if there's evidence to support like a, a theory even yeah for this because I think that people you know when you're in that situation where there's like no I I just I know what it feels like to be like hopeless you know what I mean and to be like if there was an answer I would take it Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of thing and if you're hearing all of this stuff and then you go out and you you know pick up something from the street or whatever it's not it's not what you think it's going to be yeah you know what I mean so that is like where my concern lays with that kind of stuff yeah um talking about like ketamine and and MDMA especially because things like I mean marijuana can absolutely be laced, laced as well um and the reason that I find that I was even more interested in trying it was because it was coming from a dispensary. It's like, mm. you know what I mean? There's some regulation in yeah. place. Um, and even with like these magic mushrooms and stuff like that, the studies, obviously they're scientists in labs with like specific strains and whatever, you know well, what I mean? Well, that's what this, um, the psilocybin uh, study that I was reading about, that's what they said is that um, it was all like pharmaceutical grade compounds of known strength and purity. Mm-hmm. And obviously then they were like supervised by people. Yeah. And, and I think that's the other thing as well is that it's like, you know, um, because there's not enough studies, because there's not enough funding, because it's not regulated and, like, it's not legal, um, it it does just lead to people, like, learning what they can. Yeah. Which, like, I, like again, on the, on the internet, oftentimes, it's like that, that information can be coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if that's what you have decided, like, that's the direction you're taking – it's just it it just makes it so hard because like you are self-regulating and you are trying to figure it out on your own and like figure out dosage and stuff like that and like that can I could just see that getting out of hand really quickly and again probably like less so with marijuana obviously but getting into like other drugs is yeah yeah I would just be concerned and then also like you know um well I don't know is is MDMA addictive at all I don't know if it's physically addictive or ketamine I wonder I actually don't know Hmm, me neither because I was going to say as well, like, I wonder, you know, when it comes to, like, if those things were addictive, I'm not completely sure either. But um, if those things were addictive, like, managing that as well. Yeah. Because, like, if you, like, we keep referring back to oxys. I keep referring back to oxys. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, what about oxys? Um, but, like, if you're looking at that, like, if someone just gave you, like, a year's supply you could try and figure it out but you may not know how to like properly dose yourself and like make sure that you're not going to be taking it in a way where it's leading to like this extreme dependence and Mm -hmm. um addiction and like all of these other kinds of things um but uh that's the thing that I was going to say about both marijuana and mushrooms is that I think one of the biggest benefits that I see is that you're not having like this incredible like withdrawal system uh symptoms Mm. Whereas, like, with a lot of medication um, for, uh, like, 
antidepressants and and anxiety and stuff like that um you you will have right that naturally and it's just like that's to me that feels so overwhelming because I I got on medication and I was like wow okay like this is really helping me and I'm glad that I went on it but now I'm like literally terrified to go off of it right because I'm like first of all am I going to be able to handle that secondly um you know like like what are the withdrawal symptoms going to be like um and with something like mushrooms when I was reading that thing I was like that would be really comforting to do it once Mm. and have you know positive effects for like an extended period of time because it's not something you're taking into your body every single day it's not something that you're so it, it almost feels like and obviously like there was something impacting it but it almost feels like your body's like figuring it out like yeah. you're doing it it's not like well if I go off this medication I'm gonna be fucked right you know like and then I have that feeling all the time about my my medication yeah well when you're talking about like um physical dependence and I thankfully haven't really had to struggle with that at all but this is going to sound so minimal but recently I like lost my nasal spray <laughs> But it's not minimal. That's the thing. Like, it's completely, like, founded. It's just crazy to me that something as, like, normalized as a fucking, like, steroid nasal spray really impacted me. Like, yesterday I was so messed up. Like, my head was so bad. Um, I could not sleep because I couldn't, like, breathe. So I'm, like, trying to breathe through my mouth. And it's, like, thinking about it, you're like, yeah, you have a cold. But it's, like, when you live with, like, a cold every day, basically. And then it's, like, a cold times a thousand. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that something that I didn't even, like, think about, I just take it every day or whatever, and then I lost it, and I'm, like, I can't live like this. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking about something that... Well, and really, the, that was something that, like, you weren't taking it for years and years and years. You know what I mean? Like, so that, like... Yeah, that specific one. But I have been on nasal yeah. sprays for three years. And it, But it's interesting that you see such, like, um, like such a strong reaction from that particular nasal spray yeah over like the course of like what like weeks yeah well that specific one my ear nose and throat doctor told me that I wasn't allowed to take because it's like McDonald's for your nose um it's like like, exactly I know perfect but that's the thing is I found this nasal spray that like literally the first time I took it like I wanted to cry because like I don't know why this isn't more widely talked about because so many people have it but like chronic rhinitis is like let's do a whole fucking podcast on uh, nasal sprays I just, I just need to bitch about this for a second because <laughs> I feel like, imagine like being stuffed up for your entire like life. <laughs> it's just, I think that I've like referenced this like feeling before, but it's like when you're sick and you're just like, when I'm not sick, I'm going to be like at the gym. I'm going to be so happy and be so grateful just to wake up and shit like that. And then it's like your cold is gone and you're like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> like it's like yeah. you don't give a fuck anymore. But yeah, like living with that every day when you get to that level of extreme with yourself yeah and then and then I take this this nasal spray one time and I feel like I immediately am better I'm Mm -hmm. like excuse me yeah (laughs) what but it's because that is like not like a long-term solution and you can get like physically dependent on it where like your nose will just never come back from it so who is that for I think it's for people with like um like a cold or something like that who just kind of like taking like an antihistamine or something Mm. like that to like shrink the blood vessels or whatever not a doctor um (laughs) but it's supposed to be like very short-term use 
But the thing is, is like when you're feeling and that's what I wonder too about like addictive properties that aren't even physical, but like emotional. Yeah. I was like emotionally addicted to that thing because it made me feel normal. Like yeah. I could breathe fine. I and like that's the thing is like with like sinus pressure and stuff like that and like whatever you want to call it, nose pressure, whatever. Um, you just feel so tired and so like, oh my gosh, like it's, it takes so much energy to do anything. The minute that I take it, I feel better. Yeah. Because it's like my nose is cleared up. I feel like clarity. And so being like emotionally invested in that feeling, yeah, you know, like I wonder that about things like microdosing, um, like MDMA and stuff like that. Would you get emotionally attached to that feeling? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can't believe I just related na- nasal spray to fucking MDMA, <laughs> but I, it happened. Okay. <laughs> We're accepting it. It was what it was. Uh, but I think to like round out this episode, sorry, I feel like I really like took over that episode. Hey man, I feel like it people was great. Are, people are going to be like, let Sam speak. <laughs> I don't have like a ton to say, you know, okay. like I, it's just, to me, it's interesting. Like the more I learn about it, the more like the stigma like kind of evaporates for me. Mm. And I, and it's it's just like it just is what it is like it's clearly working for people um so I I do think that I mean hopefully there will continue to be like studies surrounding it and stuff like that because it's just nice to have options like more options for everybody across the board in the same way that like we need options for birth control and we need options for antidepressants and whatever it's like it's nice to have these other forms of medicine as an option that's actually being regulated and like is approved by yeah the FDA and stuff like that yeah yeah but round it out Yeah, I just wanted to give like another like disclaimer sort of thing because I think that it's really important when talking about these subjects. Again, we are in no way saying that because in the scientific community they're seeing these benefits, do we think that it's like appropriate or are we endorsing going out and doing it yourself? Because there are so many things that you have to take into consideration, like Sam said, with um, like medical grade properties and and the proper facilities and stuff like that. So um, again, we're just two girls... (laughs) with google and an opinion okay (laughs) so please do not go out and try this on your own um that's not what we're endorsing but uh i do think that it's very interesting as well and i too hope that they continue with uh, these studies yeah if you guys because i know that there will be people that like are so much more into this Mm -hmm. definitely let us know like what your experience is what your thoughts are like what you've learned about it because yeah i do think it's really interesting as well yeah and even like if you guys have resources that we can podcast we can listen to yeah yeah i'm actually really really interested in this yeah could you imagine if there was just something out there that like fixed my like chronic ailments and we just didn't know well that's like when i'm when i'm reading about some of this stuff it's like it it does sound more like it's not treating it's curing that's like a i'm generalizing and i'm like jumping to conclusions myself emotionally but like (laughs) um but it's it's that's how it feels reading that over like reading articles about like my antidepressant right and and it's like it's it is like pretty incredible to think that there is like a possibility that's that that that's out there um and actually a subscriber of mine the other day she was talking about um medication and stuff like that to me on twitter um and because i had like written this thread basically being like I get it like if you're like it's it really is that hard sometimes it really is that difficult to like go through life and I understand whatever and and she had responded to that tweet being like you know like I I found this medication it worked so well for me and like I can't afford it right now but just knowing that it's there is like what pushes me through Mm. because like I know that there is something that makes me feel so good it makes me feel myself again so it's just like I just keep pushing to 
for that moment and it it is like it's oddly comforting even if like I'm not currently taking the shrooms it's oddly comforting to think that like that's a possibility in the future well and that's what my mom like keeps saying to me too because like I keep trying to like diagnose myself with these things (laughs) and then getting like really worked up about it and she's like but like baby you just want an answer yeah and like that is what it is sometimes just even having an answer or like having a medication or whatever is like again for your for your mind is like enough to keep you pushing through yeah imagine you just take like fucking shrooms and you like are feeling great I I honestly can't even imagine what that would be like because like even like with my antidepressants they're super effective we're never gonna let this topic die clearly (laughs) um everyone's gonna be like you're not that well researched like (laughs) this has gone on too long already Um, but it's like uh with my antidepressants it's like even though they're very effective my depression isn't gone it's not like every day I wake up and I'm like what a joy to be alive like it's like I I still feel I still have a hard time I still like struggle day to day I still know that I have depression it's not like it's like suddenly non like non-existent it's there I know it's there I feel it like and and I think that that's the thing is like you know like it's crazy to think that something could actually just completely obliterate it yeah not that like hope everyone wakes up being like it's a joy to be alive but yeah it was for dramatic effect yeah it was (laughs) exactly all right anyways guys thanks so much for listening to us ramble about yet another topic that we're only slightly (laughs) informed on (laughs) hey man if i could fly out all of these like study researcher scientists yeah i would so donate here no i'm just kidding (laughs) anybody that's a study researcher scientist (laughs) email will be in the description <laughs> how dare you i'm gonna like, but we only want study researcher scientists i'm gonna go to school for like 20 years and then come back to this podcast and be like well 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 we meet again <laughs> talking about for dramatic effect <laughs> all right you guys oh, we'll Lord. see you next week <laughs> bye, bye.